No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we begin the book of Amos. Amos is a farmer from Tekoa whom God calls to prophecy to Israel. He pronounces judgment on the nations surrounding Israel. We hope you join us as Pastor Darrell teaches in Amos chapter 1 on Simply the Bible. Let's face it, the call of God is a mystery. Why does God choose some people and not others? Why does he send certain people to do a specific work? We don't understand the workings of God, but we know that he is sovereign in the lives of his people. He is also sovereign over the nations. We don't always understand why things are happening in the world the way they are. We don't know why certain people are in leadership that are in leadership. But God shows us again and again that despite what we see or understand, God is still in control. Benjamin Franklin once said, I have lived a long time, and the longer I live, the more convincing proofs I see of this truth that God governs in the affairs of men. We see this demonstrated in the life of Amos, who is considered a minor prophet, meaning that the book of his prophecies is small. But the nine chapters of the book of Amos pack a powerful punch. Amos was a farmer living in Tekoa, a village about 11 miles outside of Jerusalem. But God called him to leave his sheep and go to the northern kingdom of Israel to prophesy to them. All was not well in Israel. The people had a string of bad kings who led them away from the worship of Yahweh to worship golden calves in Bethel and Dan. And through the efforts of Jezebel, they had also worshipped Baal, the god of the Phoenicians. So Amos obeyed and went. Now, this should encourage all of us that regardless of our place in life or our lack of formal training, God can still call us to do his work and send us to places we would never imagine. We begin now in Amos chapter 1, the words of Amos, who was among the sheep breeders of Tekoa, which he saw concerning Israel in the days of Uzziah, king of Judah, and in the days of Jeroboam, the son of Joash, king of Israel, two years before the earthquake. King Uzziah reigned in Judah from 790 to 740 BC. King Jeroboam II reigned in Israel from 793 to 753 BC. Now, these were days of prosperity and security for both Judah and Israel. But though the conditions appeared well on the surface, beneath the surface, the spiritual and moral lives of the people were degenerating. Amos began prophesying two years before a notable earthquake, which could have in fact been the beginning of God's judgment upon the nation. These are conditions similar to what we see happening today in our own nation. Therefore, the book of Amos is very relevant to what is happening in our country and throughout the world. God sounds a warning through his prophets before he brings judgment. His purpose is not to destroy, but that people would repent. Verse 2, And he said, The Lord roars from Zion and utters his voice from Jerusalem. The pastures of the shepherds mourn, and the top of Carmel withers. 
The Lord roared from Zion and uttered his voice from Jerusalem, for this was the place he had chosen to place his name. After the kingdom was first divided following the reign of Solomon, Jeroboam I was afraid that the people would go back to Jerusalem to worship the Lord. So he set up a golden calf and altar in the south in Bethel and in the north in Dan. This was a great sin in the eyes of God because it would cause successive generations to turn from the Lord and worship idols. But the Lord was still roaring like a lion from Jerusalem, even though Israel had rejected him. They were still his people, and he would call them to return to him. But first, he would pronounce judgments on the nations surrounding Israel. Thus says the Lord, for three transgressions of Damascus, and for four, I will not turn away its punishment, because they have threshed Gilead with implements of iron, but I will send a fire into the house of Haziel, which shall devour the palaces of Ben-Hadad. I will also break the gate bar of Damascus and cut off the inhabitants from the valley of Avon, and the one who holds the scepter from Beth-Eden, the people of Syria, shall go captive to Kir, says the Lord. Now Amos begins his book, by prophesying against six Gentile nations. In each case, he begins with the format for three transgressions and for four. This was a Jewish idiom, meaning an indefinite number that was finally coming to an end. By prophesying against Israel's enemies, Amos would have gained the favor of his audience, for Israel despised her perennial enemies and would have delighted in seeing God judge them But after prophesying to these six foreign nations, Amos would turn the tables and prophesy against Judah and Israel. Would they be able to tolerate Amos when he used the same standard of measurement against them? Damascus was the capital of Syria. Amos denounced the Syrians for their inhumane treatment of the people living in Gilead, an area within Israel on the east side of the Jordan River. King Haziel had a dynasty in Syria, but this ended with his son Ben-Hadad. And in the future, the Syrians would be taken captive to Kerr by the Assyrians. Now, what we observe in God's judgment of these Gentile nations is that even though they did not have the law of God, as did Judah and Israel, they had the law of conscience and God would hold them accountable for violating their own consciences in perpetrating crimes against humanity. Thus says the Lord, for three transgressions of Gaza, and for four I will not turn away its punishment, because they took captive the whole captivity to deliver them up to Edom. But I will send a fire upon the wall of Gaza, which shall devour its palaces. I will cut off the inhabitant from Ashdod, and the one who holds the scepter from Ashkelon. I will turn my hand against Ekron, and the remnant of the Philistines shall perish, says the Lord God. Gaza was one of five cities of the Philistines. This was southwest of Israel. Amos denounced all these cities for trading human lives. They not only took prisoners of war, but then they sold their captives to the Edomites for a profit. Now, slavery in any form is a blight against humanity, but 
God looked upon this profiteering at the expense of his people as especially reprehensible. Now, as I read these verses, I could not help but think of the Jews who were taken captive on October 7th by Hamas, who is headquartered in Gaza. Is this history repeating itself? It shows us that these conflicts between Israel and her neighbors have been going on for thousands of years. All such countries who would oppose Israel or seek to deny her her right to exist as a nation should take warning that God defends his chosen ones. He always has and he always will. Thus says the Lord, for three transgressions of Tyre and for four, I will not turn away its punishment because they delivered up the whole captivity to Edom and did not remember the covenant of brotherhood, but I will send a fire upon the wall of Tyre, which shall devour its palaces. Now, Tyre had been a friend of Israel during the reigns of David and Solomon. The people of Tyre helped build the temple in Jerusalem. Amos called this a covenant of brotherhood. But Tyre committed the same sins as the Philistines, and they sold their friends, the Jews, as slaves. Therefore, God would send a fire upon the wall of Tyre. Tyre was ultimately destroyed by Alexander the Great. This great city was reduced to being nothing but a place where fishermen dried their nets. Verse 11, thus says the Lord, for three transgressions of Edom and for four, I will not turn away its punishment because he pursued his brother with the sword and cast off all pity. His anger tore perpetually and he kept his wrath forever. But I will send a fire upon Teman, which shall devour the palaces of Basra. The Edomites were descendants of Esau, who was the brother of Jacob. These two nations were relatives, but the Edomites had been perennial enemies of Israel. When they came from the bondage of Egypt, Edom would not let them pass through. Later, when Babylon destroyed Jerusalem and took captive the Jews, Edom assisted the Babylonians and gave vent to their anger. He pursued his own brother with the sword, casting off all pity and holding on to his wrath and bitterness. Therefore, God would burn Teman and devour Basra, two prominent cities in Edom. The Edomites lived in rocks and boasted of their city fortresses, that they were impregnable. But God destroyed them so thoroughly that only ruins are left today, and there are no more Edomites. Thus says the Lord, for three transgressions of the people of Ammon, and for four, I will not turn away its punishment, because they ripped open the women with child in Gilead, that they might enlarge their territory. But I will kindle a fire in the wall of Reba, and it shall devour its palaces amid shouting in the day of battle, and a tempest in the day of the whirlwind. Their king shall go into captivity, he and his princes together, says the Lord. Both Ammon and Moab were descendants of Lot, the nephew of Abraham, so they were shirtail relatives of Israel, but they did not treat them like family. In their hatred, Ammon ripped open the pregnant women living in Gilead simply to enlarge their territories. 
We know that there are atrocities in war, but certain actions are heinous crimes against humanity that can only be described as demonic. When Hamas attacked the people attending a concert in Israel on October 7th, they beheaded 40 babies. What possible justification could there be for this? It is purely the result of satanic hatred and murder. Now, God would kindle a fire at Reba, the capital of Ammon, and the Ammonites would go into captivity. This took place in 743 B.C., when the Assyrians swept over the land. Today, the Ammonites are an extinct people, but Israel goes on and on. We may not understand all that is going on in the world today, but we know that God is sovereign over all peoples. Even those who do not have his law, as do his covenant people, will one day give an account to him. They will be judged by their own conscience. We must all remember that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. God is slow to bring judgment, not wanting anyone to perish, but all to come to repentance. But when God finally does bring judgment, he is very exacting and exhaustive. And in the end, no one gets by with anything. You've been listening to Simply the Bible. The Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. We're happy to announce that we're building a new facility in Southwest Meridian. For more information or to give toward this project, please visit calvarytv.org slash building project. That's calvarytv.org slash building project. To listen to previous episodes, check out our Simply the Bible podcast. Tomorrow we will see where Amos prophesies against Moab. Judah, and Israel. God has been faithful, but they have been disobedient. Therefore, they won't escape the coming judgment. We hope you'll join us as we continue in the book of Amos on Simply the Bible. Simply the Bible.